You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this episode, I share four common sales calls mistakes and how to fix them. Keep listening. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with $800 in her bank account and just one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan. Using her signature, intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently traveling the world, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillip. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you four common sales call mistakes and how to fix them. Even if you don't do sales calls, I still think that this episode is going to be really helpful for you because a lot of these tips can apply to DM sales, marketing, any sort of just kind of sales conversation, sales pitch that you're doing. I think that these tips are going to be really helpful for you, but it also might inspire you to do sales calls. Now, first things first, I absolutely love sales calls. I don't personally do them anymore. I haven't done a sales call in over a year, but I did sales calls for five years. So if you've only been doing sales calls for six months and you're like, I hate sales calls, I never want to do them again. Totally, you're right. You can absolutely do that. And don't think that successful entrepreneurs don't do sales calls, right? I have done sales calls or I did sales calls for a really, really long time. And I had a 95% sales call close rate. So I loved them. I felt very, very confident that if I was going to get on a sales call, I was getting paid that day. And that is a huge and powerful lever lever to have in your business where you know that if you get on a sales call, you're going to close them, that you know how to book a sales call, that you know how to close a sales call. Having that repeatable sales process is huge, huge power in your business. So don't buy into the narrative that sales calls make you a bad entrepreneur or that successful entrepreneurs don't do them because they're too busy or, you know, people should just want to throw money at you, whatever that might be like, don't buy into that. I don't do them anymore just because I have gotten really good at DM sales. And that is something that I have been able to do. But also what you have to you know, keep in mind in the important context here is I have six and a half, almost seven years of content, of live streams, of emails, of podcasts. I have 250,000 people in my community. I have people who will have been following me for a year before they sign up for a program. So they don't really need a sales call at that point because there's so much trust and so much history that's been shared for years and years and years. So you could share content for a year and then hopefully make some sales in the DMs, or you could just get really good at sales calls and start making money right away. So first thing, first sales call mistake I see and how to fix it is not having a sales call structure. Now, I will usually see one of two things happen. The first is people have a script, in which case they will sound like a robot. I remember I got on a sales call one time and the person was clearly reading from a script and the answer I gave them did not align with the script. And it's like the matrix broke, their brain broke, and they did not know how to respond and they got visibly stressed. And it was not that I was trying to trip this person up or mess them up. It's just that that answer, that response was not on the script. So they didn't know what to do next. And it really was just a bit of a turnoff for me because, you know, obviously I don't love seeing this person stress, but because it was clear that they weren't really listening to me, you know, they were trying to figure out what do I say next instead of how do I answer this concern? How do I answer this question? And so if you're just focused on reading a script, I think that your numbers are going to be a lot lower. 
I don't care how good or fancy the script is. I just don't think that it is the move. And I also think that it is just very poor sales skills to have to rely on a script. That is not a salesperson. That is not a salesman or saleswoman or whatever we're going to say here. That's not sales skills. That's reading. Very good reading skills, very bad sales skills. So you do not need a script. And that's the one thing I'll see people have. The other thing is people have nothing. There's no script. There's no structure. It is just pure anarchy and chaos. And the reason why that doesn't work is the call goes completely off the rails and they're very ineffective and they usually run over time. What I've always taught my clients and what I think to be a much better solution is to have a structure. Now, you can create your own structure of a couple of talking points or a couple of kind of core pillars that you want to go through to make your sales call effective. I teach my clients a seven-step sales call structure. Um, But the reason why this is so key is that without that structure, the call is going to run over time. It's going to be really confusing and you're not going to make the sale. So the reframe here is that you don't need a script. You need a structure. So basically, what are the step-by-step key talking points that you're going to go through that facilitates a connection, but also creates understanding, creates an experience, creates a transformation on that call so that you get all of the relevant information you need on your potential client. You can really, when you pitch, you confidently pitch because you have all the info on that client of this is what I think is the best absolute solution, the best product to get you more of what you want. You can make that effective recommendation And a lot of trust has been built, so it's easy for them to say yes. Without that structure, you're going to lose sales. And even if you have a script, sure, you might get some sales, but they're not necessarily going to be quality sales. And if I took that script away from you and you had to think really, really hard and memorize the script and just repeat it out to people, that's going to feel really yucky and uncomfortable too. So you need to know how to structure a sales conversation. And, you know, if you're working in, let's say, big corporate sales where people are doing sales meetings over you know, months or even years, there is still a structure to that process. There are still certain things that people want to go through, certain conversations that they want to have. So for us, if you're listening to this podcast, you could probably make the sale in a 25-minute sales call, 30-minute sales call, but you have to have a structure that you go through in order for that to be effective. Now, the second mistake that I see people, um, you know, kind of make here is they do not have Um, any sort of leadership when it comes to the call. So the second sales call mistake is they're not leading the call. And the thing here is sales calls are not a game of 20 questions. So if you get on a sales call and the potential client immediately takes control of the call, they're just asking you a bunch of questions. It's again, probably going to run over time, but you are not the expert at that point, right? They're the one moving it forward, not you. So then when it comes time for you to pitch the program, you haven't gone through your structure. You haven't collected any relevant information. You've answered a bunch of random questions, but you've not actually made the sale. So think about this like a job interview, right? Only you are the one interviewing them, not the other way around. And I think this is where people trip themselves up with sales calls is they get so focused on, I want this person to like me versus I want to see if I like this person. I want to see if I want to work with this person. I want to see if I want to offer a slot in one of my programs to this person. And if you feel like, oh, I really need the money, like I really need the sale, I get how that mindset can be difficult, but I want you to step in your power, into your power here a little bit and just remind yourself that you are the one interviewing them. Now, at the end of a job interview, there is always a space to ask questions, right? So they will have that space to ask questions but they're not asking a million and one questions all throughout the sales call. That's not to say that as you go through your structure, if they have a question, you say, oh, please hold your questions to the end. 
No, we answer that quick question, but then we kind of keep going with that. So let's say a question pops up and that's the next thing you were going to, you know, kind of talk about such a good question. You know, one of the next things I want to talk to you about is this, this, and this, and then you facilitate that process for them, right? You're the one who is holding that space. If the call gets derailed and the potential client takes over, Again, it's just going to run over time and they're not going to sign. So the solution here is that at the beginning of the call, you want to tell them what's going to happen. Give them a play-by-play of here's what's going to happen on the call. We're going to talk about this, this, and this. Then we're going to talk about working together. How does that sound? Perfect. If it gets off track, just take back control. But remember that you are the one leading the call, not the client. The third common sales call mistake that I see is that people are not handling objections specifically in advance. And here's what I mean by that. So it's very typical for people at the question part of the sales call after they pitch the offer to wait for the objection, right? They either wait for the no or they wait for the I can't afford it or I don't have time or whatever. And yes, you need like a process for how to handle those objections. You need to know what you're doing there. But ideally, we are handling those objections in advance so they never even come up. And here's what I mean by that. As you go through your sales call, You want to figure out your potential client's concerns, their hesitations, past experiences, desires, and really speak directly to those. Sales is a transfer of confidence and people need to feel very confident in the value of your program and that it will work for them. So you really want to focus here on figuring out what are they saying, what's coming up, and really addressing those. So the solution here is really actively listening And figuring out, okay, what are the potential objections that I might be hearing here? Okay, they're a little bit stressed for time because they are a single mom. Okay, they had a previous coach and the situation didn't work out well and they got very burned. So there might be a little bit of nervousness or hesitation. So I should maybe address, you know, my client results or my track record or social proof or whatever that is. But you want to really be actively listening. Take notes on a sales call. I always take notes. But really write down any sort of objection that you're hearing and address that in the moment. Or, you know, when you, whenever you have an opening or an opportunity, address that proactively so that when you get to the point where you then make the pitch, the objection isn't there because you've already answered that. If they were worried about the time and you kind of heard that through your active listening, okay, okay this person has limited time. And then as you're talking about the feature of the program, you explain how, oh, you know, there's access to replays and we have a lot of call times and we're very flexible and we're very this. And I have clients who are, you know, also single moms and also limited for time and they do really well in the program and whatever that kind of answer is, then by the time they say, you know, are you, are you interested in the program? They're not going to say, yeah, but I'm not sure if I have the time for that because you've already addressed that. Maybe you need to restate that, right? It's normal for for fears to come up. It's normal for objections to come up. But ideally, we are addressing those in advance so that there are no objections and there's just excitement and readiness to move forward. Now, the fourth common sales mistake that I see, common sales call mistake, is not pitching on the call. And what I will usually see is they get to the end of the call and they'll say something like, okay, I'm going to email you all of my packages and pricing and what I think is the best solution Or they'll ask someone, you know, hey, do you want to sign up for the program? And they'll say, I need to think about it. And they're like, okay. So they just kind of jump off. But there is not a strong pitch and they're not actually like closing on the call. So you don't have to force a yes out of someone. That's like not the point of sales. It's to come to a decision. 
Sometimes the decision is yes, and sometimes the decision is no. But the reason why there's a lack of a decision is because there's a lack of clarity. So you want to have that on the call. So do not wait to email them to send them details, prices, packages. That should happen on the call. That should be a part of your sales call structure. Now, a lot of people do this because they're nervous to say the price and they don't feel comfortable with that or they're really scared that they're going to say no or that maybe if I email them all of this information, then they're going to think about it and they're going to say yes. But the thing to remember here is that the whole point of a sales call is to make a sales decision. That is literally the entire point of the call. I think sometimes people think the point is, let me talk to this person so they get to know me and they really like me. Sure, that's part of it, definitely. But it's not just let's play 20 questions with each other. It's let's get to know each other. Let's discuss the important information. Let's figure out if this program is a good fit for you. Let's talk about all the details and then let's make a decision, yes or no, right? That is the entire point of the sales call. So if you do not close them on the call, you would have probably lost the sale. I would say that if I you know, pitched on the call and someone said, let me think about it. And I, you know, kind of objection handled that and whatever went back and forth. And they said, you know, I'll think about it. I'll email you. 90% of the time I have lost the sale. Every once in a while, sure, someone will say yes. Every once in a while, sure, someone maybe really did need to think about it. But more often than not, that is an absolute no. Like there, it's just a no. And it's not because they don't want the program. It's just because you have not handled that portion of the sales call in the way that's needed there, right? People need to come to a decision. They need to feel confident. They need all of the information. I need to think about it equals I don't have all the information. Them hopping off the call and trying to come up with information that they don't have and think about it, even though they're missing information, is going to be a no. So you want to make sure that all of that information has been given to them and you have that really strong pitch. So the solution here is to pitch at the end of the call and pause wait for them to say yes or no. Do not run off the call. Do not say you're going to send them an email. Do not see if they want to follow up with you in a week. Get a decision on the call. Every once in a while, someone is going to say that they need to think about it. But more often than not, if you have structured the sales call properly, you are going to get a decision on the call. And if you have pre-qualified your lead really well and you've handled the call really well, then you're probably going to get a yes. As I said, you know, I have a 95% sales call close rate. So that 5%, that one in 20, why didn't they close? Maybe they weren't pre-qualified. You know, maybe the investment was out of their budget, maybe whatever. But more often than not, it is going to be a yes. So this is a really powerful tool for your business to be able to host sales calls and know that you're going to close them. So I hope that you fall in love with them. I certainly love them. I'm not doing them at this you know, point in time in my business, but as I said, I did them for five years and you know, who knows, they might make a comeback. And I've had team members do sales calls for me and things like that. So I just think that they're such a powerful tool and such a great way to um, connect and build relationships and get people into your programs, especially high ticket programs. And they do not need to be hard or scary. If they feel hard or scary, it's probably just because you don't know how to do them the right way which good news, you can learn that. That is so easy. You can learn how to do a sales call. You know, there are some problems and some things in your business that are bigger things that you need to figure out that are much more complicated issues. This is not. Figure out how to get really good at sales. Sales is a skill. Anybody can learn sales. It is not something that you are inherently born with. Sure, some people might be a bit more charismatic than others, but sales is a skill and that means that you can learn it. Anybody can get good at sales 
and that includes you too. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Just to recap the sales call mistakes, not having a structure, not leading the call, not handling objections and not pitching on the call. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. We release new episodes each and every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you're a woman entrepreneur and you want to work with me to scale your business to six, seven, or even eight figures, send me a message because I'm currently accepting new clients. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you next week.